SOS Radio On Demand. It changed my heart. On Demand. It changes your life. Thanks for downloading Scott Harold's podcast. We all know what we need to do when we're physically tired, and we need to take the downtime, we need to take some rest, eat healthier meals, enjoy some time with loved ones. But, you know, when you're soul tired, it could be a little more complicated to find some reprieve. And we're talking about that this morning with author and pastor Scotty Smith. How are you, Scotty? Good morning, afternoon, or evening, whenever our listeners are joining us from Franklin, Tennessee. Doing great. <laughs> now, Scotty is the founding pastor of Christ Community Church in Franklin, and actually he's written a lot of books. And your latest one is called Searching for Grace. Let's talk about like when we're weary. A lot of times we think about giving grace to other people, but sometimes we have to accept the grace that others are giving us. That sometimes feels even harder. Well, it really is. And this book was born out of a recovery from my own burnout as a pastor and walking with another younger pastor for the last four years. And just around this very conversation, what does weariness, soul exhaustion look like, even when we're doing stuff that is redemptively good? So I hit the wall big time in ministry at age 50 and really began learning how to take care of myself. And therefore, I spend most of my time now walking with leaders helping them learn how to live at the pace of grace. So what's the first step in identifying that maybe there's some burnout coming? You know, we're all stressed. We're all running at a crazy pace. We all could eat better and work out more. But let's be honest, burnout's a whole nother thing. First thing is, if you're married, listen to your wife (laughs) or listen to your husband. Whoever lives closest around us realizes the deficit before we do. But really, you know, and and it's just an important thing. We want rich relationships, people that we're walking with that can begin to smell the flames and the burnout before we do. So first thing is really listen to people that love you, that have a hunch that something's wrong. You're emotionally not present. You're disconnected. There just seems to be something awry. So listen to people that love you. Well, what about the jaded nature? I think a lot of times we sort of get cynical and we don't realize it. We think we're just being silly or we feel like we have the spiritual gift of sarcasm, but something goes darker and we don't even realize it. I consider cynicism poor stewardship of real pain because uh, pain and suffering are inevitable, but what we do with them is everything. Anybody can be cynical. Fewer will choose to be simply redemptively present. And yes, we live in a world and always have that has pressures and stress and disappointments. That didn't happen at the beginning of the 21st century. So again, it's a lot of this is awareness. It's proactive looking forward. But for some of us, it's being in the moment to say, I need help. And the gospel of God's grace frees me from opposing and pretending. Where do I go first? We're talking with Scotty Smith today at SWS Radio, and a lot of times deep down, we sort of long for purposeful, meaningful, peace-filled lives, right? And unfortunately, the reality, sometimes you feel like, I'm not ever going to have that because maybe you haven't really felt healthy or you haven't really felt like the joy where you feel like, the joy of the Lord is my strength, but I don't feel that. I don't feel the emotions of happiness. I mean, you and someone that you've mentored for years, Russ Masterson, actually decided to write a book to dig into that. You talk about the mindset that sort of contribute to restlessness. Can you share a little bit about some of those mindsets that you've discovered? First of all, the mindset becomes a heart set. The Holy Spirit lives in us 
this Puritans used to refer to the Holy Spirit as the spy in the soul, kind of really <laughs> outing the stuff about us that we ignore. And so I think absolutely, when we shift into thinking more about being impressive than present, when we're not able to sit still and listen to other people, you know, one of the first signs of something's not right with your heart is when you will not listen. You just cannot engage someone for their benefit. You know, usually it's failures in love that end up revealing there's been a shift in my heart. If I'm a Christian, I'm either shifting into doing things for Jesus rather than being with Jesus. That's a starter. Listening is tough. I mean, we live in a world where there's all kinds of things coming at us at the same time. But when you stop listening to other people and you can't even comprehend criticism and you just automatically get defensive, you got to realize there's something maybe deeper, maybe a brain thing, but most likely a heart thing. And we're talking with Scotty Smith about that today at SWS Radio. We've been talking about that restlessness. We've been talking about the elusive nature where maybe we just sort of get jaded or maybe we start to burn out. But like in the Gospel of John, Jesus says, you know, I've come that they may have life and live it to the fullest. Like, it's like that desire for abundant life. Like if you ask most people, they probably don't feel like they're living at that capacity. You know, what are some of the principles that you've learned that can help us to understand, like, how do I live at the higher level of just having the bland life or the survivor life to actually get into a place where you can say, wait, I'm finally starting to crack the code on what this abundant life might be that Jesus is talking about. A big part of that is to realize the difference between happiness and joy. I mean, the joy the scriptures talk about, the joy that's an attribute of God, the joy that's a fruit of the Spirit, it is a core of peace more than it is what the eagles sing about, a peaceful, easy feeling. So it's just freeing to know that there's no burden on me to be happy all the time. That's connected to circumstances and all kind of stuff. Joy is something born out of relationship and principally relationship with my heavenly father. And if I make no time to commune with a living God in times, in time I'll start putting the burden on my emotional fullness on people and they can't carry that load. So absolutely joy and happiness, not the same thing. Joy is a core of peace and it really transcends all kinds of difficulties. It's interesting, too, you bring up the part that people play in that, because I think a lot of times we don't even realize it, that we're putting our quest for our emotional state on other people. And so it's like we're giving away any control that we even think we have to other people and their reaction to us. And it's like we add that to the emotions, and you go, why don't I feel like I'm on a roller coaster all the time? Because I am. (laughs) We are. And one of the reasons is, you know, we only had one umbilical cord, and it got cut a long time ago. We're not plugging (laughs) umbilical cord into people, spouse, kids, parents, friends, or whoever, a boss. Or if I grab their umbilical cord and plug it into me, thinking I'm everybody's savior, that's a trajectory for burnout and weariness and also being very alone later in your life. We live in this culture where there's all kinds of layers of anxiety and there's all kinds of layers of distress. And we just feel like broken people trying to keep our eyes on God. But you start down that process and you realize there's a lot deeper layers than I've ever even realized. You know, and all throughout the Bible, it's talking about how we shouldn't fear. We shouldn't be anxious about anything, but in everything in prayer and in petition to present our requests to God. And with all that said, it can be incredibly difficult for us as Jesus followers to 
to open up or to be vulnerable about the challenges. Why do you think it's so important to confront the feelings that tie in with anxiousness and fear? Well, our feelings are the voice of the heart, and the feelings always connected to something. If I will not listen to my anger, fear, and anxiety, I'm not going to identify the idols of my heart that maybe are functioning more so than simply my love for the Lord or the love of the Lord. And so nothing's wrong with anger. You know, scriptures never say, don't be angry. They say, in your anger, don't sin. So we want to listen to these emotions, because if we don't, other people are paying the price for the consequences of us not, again, knowing our heart and being aware of what really is below the waterline of those emotions. Now you were just talking about like those idols that are in our heart or those idols that are in front of us. And I mean, you know, you look back in the Old Testament of the Bible and you think about idols as little like trinkets and statues or stone figures that people worship and you go, that's crazy, like in this world. But but today it's all the other things that we like. It's the other things that are separating us from going deeper with God. It's all the things that, that we're chasing that God's like, I don't care about any of that. I just want your heart. I just want a relationship with you. I guarantee, Scotty, if we could be bold and ask God to remove those idols in our life, regardless of whether or not they hurt, I guarantee you he'll answer that prayer and probably a lot quicker than you realize. An idol is anything to which I give the attention, allegiance, affection, and adoration that really belong to the Lord. And, and that means I can make a good thing an ultimate thing. If I make being liked or you know being comfortable, you know that doesn't look like a golden calf. But if I'm driven by still trying to get out a boy from my father that died 20 years ago, you know, there's some misplaced passion yeah. that needs to be redirected on the Lord himself. Uh, we're talking with Scotty Smith today at SWS Radio, and he has a new book called Searching for Grace, A Weary Leader, A Wise Mentor, and Seven Healing Conversations for a Parched Soul. Now, Scotty, what have you learned about the soul and how that all plays into our quest for significance and our quest for purpose? It's like we're always chasing something, but we usually do it in the emotional or in the physical. The soul, the language of the in internal part of who we are, more often than not, is thought of in terms of the heart. And the heart's not emotions. The heart is the center of a thinking, of affection, and choosing. And so it's why the scriptures say, in all your diligence, guard your heart, because out of your heart comes all the streams of life. So an unguarded heart, an unnourished heart, a heart set on things that cannot give me life, I mean, you know, the scriptures are so clear and practical, and it's why we want to live with a greater love for the Lord as a way that drives out lesser loves that just completely sabotage life for us and what we're called to be about. So, I mean, it's uh, we're going to be fighting that battle until we're glorified. Let's not be naive. You know, to be in Christ does not mean to be perfected yet. To have a new heart doesn't mean to have a perfected heart, but we have all the grace we need to really stay more gospel sane and to stay out of the ditch of just a navel gazing preoccupation. I know we just chase all of these things and you realize half the things that we're spending most of our energy on are the lesser truths and not the greater ones. Or they're things that maybe we like or sin that we've become accustomed to that we sort of start to like, we don't want to give those things up and they become the greater truths in our life. And we wonder why we've went sideways. Oh, it happens all the time. And again, you see that throughout Scripture. Jonah did not love God less 
but he was more committed to his own narrative that those guys don't deserve the grace of God. So you even see in our callings, you know, when we just start privatizing the faith or when we start not being aware of the fact that what's all this energy within me that makes me want to book a one-way ticket to Tarshish? What's that connected to? I, I love God. I don't understand him. Well, he's coming after me. And why force the issue? He loves all people. And he's positioned us in a story that's going to run through some difficult relationships. And that's really good news when we really see the power of the gospel at work in that way. Scotty, when we see the culture in our cities just looking so far from God, and we see so many people that are just championing sin or saying, you know what, I like this sin, and I just feel like we need to redirect the narrative of what sin is, or we need to take certain things off the sin list because everybody's doing it. We get into this really dark space, and we're kind of in the middle of this as Jesus followers who want to extend love and grace, but also live by the conviction and the way that Jesus challenged us to live. You know, where are you seeing that tension play out if we want to work through this, where we still want to love people life and share God's radical grace, but not just give everything and everyone a pass and make sin just comfortable and okay. My spiritual father of 21 years was a professor of mine in seminary named Jack Miller. And Jack really modeled this for me well. He just lived out a life of the joy of repenting. Jack had more joy in turning away from stuff that ultimately was going to fail him. And it made him able to give others what the scriptures call a life-giving rebuke, right? None of us are called to be the sheriff in the small group, but we are our brothers and sisters keeper. And when I live with my own humility, when I live with my own growth and grace, then I'm far more able to get involved in friends who are making choices that, you know, are connected to the wrong kingdom. And we need this absolutely because ours is a very uh, privatized culture, very individualistic, and we need to be more captured by the love of God for ourselves, being the first repenters, that we might come after one another. It's a beautiful thing when we live that way. And it seems like the difference almost between a redeemed person and a manipulative person is that a redeemed person says, you know what? Yeah, I've fallen short of the mark and I need to make some changes to my life and I'm working on that, but I'm putting Jesus as the center as I'm working on that and trying to move closer to God. Where a manipulative person is just saying, you know what? I like the sin that I'm in, and we just need to change the definition of sin so that I can be okay or feel better about myself or my family. And I think that's where we are as culture right now. Yeah, we, we are, and it's why we've got to come back to realize something you've said two or three ways brilliantly. Uh, you know, we live in a life of narration every single day, whether it's through tweets or chirps or twits or songs or books <laughs> or whoever. We are being narrated. How about our loving father being the ultimate narrator through the scripture? Because every time he says yes, every time he says no, it's for his glory and our good. And so we got to be aware of the fact that we're giving someone the microphone that doesn't deserve it. And when sin gets redefined as good and the good gets redefined as the sin, you know, we've been listening to the wrong narrator. 
Now, we're talking about our search for significance with Scotty Smith today at SWS Radio. And it's completely normal for us to have the desire to be accepted, right? It's completely normal for us to have feelings or I'm either doing things that make me feel happy or I'm doing things that make me feel sad. But the feelings are different than following God's word and God's calling, right? And if our utmost feelings aren't really coming from Jesus, we're going to get pulled onto a crash course. It's like, Scotty, how have you tried to find acceptance in places besides God's love for you? And like, how did that turn out? You know, I've got a lot of stories of regrets. Unfortunately, more stories of God's grace meeting me in those regrets. But now I really, I love what Jesus does, like in John 13 through 17, where he gives us this picture, abide in my love, you know, as you obey my commands, you will abide in my love. He's yeah. not saying you earn my love by obeying me, but here's a mark of what it means to, to commune with me, to know me, to know that I don't just wash your feet, which you did for the disciples. I wash your heart. Now, why would we not want to obey someone that by their life, death, and resurrection redeemed us? So, Obedience is in a four-letter word. Uh, the obedience of grace is not an oxymoron. Only God's grace empowers us to obey from our hearts and not as a manipulator or not as someone trying to earn something else. We can't merit the merit of Christ, but a sign that we love him is that we take very seriously what he says about my body, my world, sexuality, all these things that seem to be up for grabs. God has never looked at what we enjoy doing and then says, I'm going to create a no for that. He knows the good, the true, and the beautiful, and we are wise when we listen and foolish when we simply try to do like Thomas Jefferson and end up with a five-chapter Bible cutting out all the stuff we don't like. <laughs> We're talking with Scotty Smith today at SWS Radio. You know, I've never really met anybody who intentionally seeks out pain in their life, right? I mean, most of us are doing all we can to avoid pain at all costs, especially in America. But the reality is pain and suffering, even though they're not really caused by God, they're allowed by God to bring out a maturity in us. And a lot of times it's a spiritual maturity that can teach us a lot of vital lessons about grace. Yeah, I used to think that my parents were mean taking me to the dentist and still, until I had my first root canal. You know, listen, there's something called redemptive pain. And, you know, sometimes those who love us and especially our Heavenly Father this isn't a sadistical pain. It's not even the pain of punishment, but there are things that, see, the gospel takes on the repentable and the repairable parts of our story. And sometimes that means su surrendering to something that might hurt for, for the greater healing. This is what the gospel's about. It's liberating us and healing us, and that might go through some pain, and that's really okay. You know, our prayer should be, Lord, may it hurt so good. W whatever you're going to do to free my heart from the illusions that, that I can make life work apart from you. You're good to go. Thanks for downloading the SOS Radio podcast. If you enjoy the discussion, give it a five-star rating in your app store. The way the technology works, your ratings really help spread the word.